0: My goodness, good morning, good afternoon, whatever it is for you, I hope you're having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports, episode 328, and uh, I'm very excited for today. We're going to talk about the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. We will talk about Tom Brady. We'll talk about the coaches that were hired. Uh, We'll talk about Philip Rivers. He has announced his retirement. I want to start today with this, though, by going back to this weekend. Let's talk about... The NFL playoff division around four games happened. I thought one game was fantastic. Uh, I thought one was a dud for sure. The other two are debatable. Um, I, I really, it wasn't a particularly extremely compelling weekend of football. I got it's. I hate saying that. It's the NFL playoffs. Like, yes, but for me personally, I wasn't moved. Uh, the game that got me, though, my favorite game of the weekend uh, was the Buccaneers playing the New Orleans Saints. The Buccaneers won. They beat the Saints 20 uh, so they beat the Saints 30-20. By the way, before we get into all the games, I went 4-0, by the way, in my predictions. I got every single prediction right. I'm not going to gloat because uh, I know that for everything I get right, I also get stuff wrong. And I understand. But, man, oh, does it feel so stinking good. I got so much hate, so much anger, Saints fans. Oh, my goodness. They were not happy. They were angry. They let me have it. And, by the way, hey, Saints fans, ha-ha! <laughs> Have fun watching the Super Bowl from home. I know you guys would have done that anyway, but my point is um, that oh, it's so awesome. I really, uh, I, I don't know, I, I'm gloating more than I should. So uh, Drew Brees had three interceptions. It was kind of sad. I thought that even Drew Brees' body language throughout the game, he looked like he was hoping it would work, like he was hoping he would win, not that he was confident he would win. And that's a weird thing, but body language does matter. I am pretty confident this is going to be Drew Brees' final game. In the NFL, he'll probably wait till after the Super Bowl to announce that he's retiring. Um, but it, we saw as Drew Brees walked off the field after losing the game, he had that like kind of final look back, back at the, uh, the Metrodome or whatever the, what's it called? The Superdome, whatever the name of the, the, the uh, place is in New Orleans. He looked back at the stadium and just had this look of like, man, and you could see that final look was very telling of a guy that looks like he's walking away from the NFL for a long, long time. And uh, he also had this amazing moment. It went kind of viral. Uh, Tom Brady with Drew Brees and Drew Brees' kids where they both, they changed. They took showers. They came back out onto the field. They, you know, gave each other hugs and shook hands. And Tom Brady actually threw a touchdown pass to Drew Brees' kid, which is just amazing. I love that. Um, Number one, I really like that. I think they really respect each other. They're in a weird situation where how many quarterbacks have done what they've done in the NFL? Been at the very top for so long, into their 40s, won Super Bowls. I, I imagine they are people who very have a kinship because they understand the position the other one is in pretty well. I think it's pretty cool. Uh, I, I, I imagine it's really nice to find people who understand you when you're in a position like the starting quarterback of a franchise that's winning a ton of games and setting records. And uh, for Tom Brady, Drew Brees, I, I, so it looks like their relationship is even deeper than I would have thought. Um, you know, when they are when they hug each other just in, in pads after the game, Brady said, we'll be in touch. And they kind of just went their own way. Uh, And I I, I love that, man. I I don't know how you can hate Tom Brady. I really don't. Um, The graciousness Tom Brady has, and we've seen that really in Tampa Bay a lot. I I would imagine in New England they said, don't say this, don't do that. But in Tampa, I feel like we've seen more of Tom Brady. Uh, And I I thought the tenderness of Tom Brady to go say hi to Drew Brees, to throw a touchdown pass to his kid. Oh my gosh, I love that. And it kind of felt like the ending of a movie, actually, like where the star walks away. And I, I couldn't think of a better way for Drew Brees to end his career. I, I, I couldn't think, obviously, a better way would have been to win a Super Bowl, but that moment, the, the, the moment got me emotional watching uh, on TV, watching on Instagram after the other videos. I, I really enjoyed it. Here's something Tyran Matthew, the Kansas City Chiefs safety, said about Drew Brees. He said, being from New Orleans, Drew Brees meant everything to us in that city. At many times, our only hope, you know, to smile and feel good, to live in a winning reality was that man. He That man gave us all life. None of us are perfect, but he was close. Salute. So a lot of respect from Tyron Matthew to Drew Brees. And I want to give a warning to people. The Buccaneers are, they're dangerous, man. They are a team on a mission. And the Buccaneers are a team that could win a Super Bowl. Remember, they they play the Packers next week. Last time they play the pack, played the Packers, they dominated them. They beat the crap out of them. So... The Buccaneers have a chance to get to the Super Bowl. They got Tom Brady. They're on a mission. They believe in their quarterback. And keep an eye on the Buccaneers. They could win next week in Lambeau and go to the Super Bowl. Now, uh, this next game is kind of like, ah, I didn't love it. Uh, The Chiefs beat the Browns 22-17. Number one, Patrick Mahomes got a concussion. Uh, He didn't play like half of the third quarter, then the entire fourth quarter didn't play. And the Chiefs won the game. With enough points from Mahomes, they didn't need him to score more. But what's really interesting is whether or not Mahomes is going to play next week against Buffalo. Is he going to get through concussion protocol in time to play? I would imagine yes. I can't imagine that. How much money do they pay him? And it's the game to get into the Super Bowl. I I know that science and medical stuff. I I would imagine that you find a way to make it happen if you were Kansas City to get him on the field. And find a doctor who will say yes. I mean, I just I I can't imagine Mahomes gonna miss a game. Is that the right thing ethically? I don't know, but I would be shocked if Patrick Mahomes didn't play next week. Uh, really, kind of the moment that drove me nuts for Cleveland. The Browns had the ball fourth and nine on their own thirty-two yard line. Four minutes left. Four minutes and like nine seconds left, and they punted the ball away. They said, "Hey, you know what? Take the ball. We're gonna we're gonna try to stop you on defense." They could not. Uh, on fourth and inches, Andy Reid called a pass play with backup quarterback Chad Henney. And through a first down. They iced the game. They won the game. And I, I don't know why the Browns didn't go for it on fourth and nine, four minutes left on their own 32-yard line. I know you're deep in your own territory. It's fourth and nine. But you need the first down there. And, and let's imagine that you get stopped on fourth and nine. So Kansas City gets the ball with great field position, infield goal range already. And then guess what? Really what you got to do is you got to hold Kansas City to a field goal. If you hold Kansas City to a field goal, then it's an eight-point game. You're down 25 to 17. Then you have probably, I guess my point is, that was the most likely path to getting another possession. If you punt on fourth and nine with four minutes left on your own 32, I know you're in your own territory, but you're probably not going to get the ball back playing Kansas City. You can't assume you're going to get the ball back. And I thought they punted away the game. I was screaming at my TV going, go for it, go for it. Like, don't you see? Because even if again, if you hold Kansas City to a field goal, you still get the ball back. The Chiefs have to p- kick kick off the ball back to you. So, I just, oh man, I, I'm excited for the Browns next year. I think the Cleveland Browns have something in place there with Kevin Stefanski with Baker Mayfield. I was just disappointed they punted on fourth and nine. Like you got to understand, like it's Kansas City. You have to go for it on fourth down. The only time we've seen Kansas City lose a legitimate game that they didn't rest their starters in was against the Raiders earlier this year, and the Raiders went forward on fourth down. They understood the circumstance they were in. They took risks, and I was like, mm. I was so disappointed to watch Kevin Stefanski punt the ball away and not take a risk at the end of the game. Hey, well, Andy Reid risked it. Andy Reid went forward on fourth and inches at the end of the game. He took the risk. Kevin Stavansky didn't. One coach won, one did not. Will Mahomes play next week? That is the huge, massive question for next weekend of the AFC Championship game against Buffalo. Uh, the Bills beat the Ravens 17-3. to If one of the four games last week was a dud, it was absolutely this game. Um, blah, 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 ugly, ugly game. Lamar Jackson had a pick six where he threw it in the end zone. He, he, you know, they drive all the way down the field. Kind of one of the better drives all day for Baltimore. They drive to the goal line. On third and goal, Lamar Jackson throws a pick six, throws an interception in the end zone. Excuse me. It's taken back 101 yards for an interception and a touchdown. And you're like, oh, man. And then Lamar got hurt on the final play of the fourth uh, of the third quarter. Excuse me. And so Lamar Jackson didn't play the entire fourth quarter. Got a concussion. It it was just a kind of a slow, ugly, really windy night uh, in Orchard Park, Buffalo, and, uh, or just, I don't know if that's the air. I know it's what they call it. Um, my point is that it was just a windy, ugly game. Not a lot of offense going on. The bills did score an offensive touchdown. I was actually surprised. I went, Oh wow. I can't believe they scored. I, I thought it was going to be a defensive battle the entire time. And, um, I think wind played a huge factor in that game, by the way, I picked the bills to win. So I, I went four and on the weekend, really kind of proud. Now, the Packers beat the Rams 32-18. to 18. Jared Goff played very well. If I got anything wrong about this game, it's that Jared Goff played great. I, I was surprised. He threw the ball better than I would have thought. He looked healthier than he did the previous week. Um, now, we saw Aaron Rodgers make a couple plays in this game. He had one play where he ran around behind the line of scrimmage. He extended a play. He, he, uh, pressure's there. Pressure got on him. He escaped pressure running. Ran left, ran right, stepped up, threw the ball downfield for, like, a huge gain. And when Aaron Rodgers moves around really well behind the line of scrimmage, you can't win. He's unbeatable. And I have a whole topic planned about how I was wrong about Aaron Rodgers. I did a thing a long time ago about how I said Aaron Rodgers is not elite. Where I was wrong about that is you can have an elite quarterback on a terrible team. We saw that with Deshaun Watson this year. And my whole hypothesis, uh, hypothesis from that video was, how can you have an elite quarterback on a terrible team? Well, no, uh, Deshaun Watson proved that you can't have an elite quarterback on a terrible team. And we've seen the minute that Aaron Rodgers got Matt LaFleur, a great coach, they went from a team that went 7-9, 6-9-1, nine, nine, to 13-3 and three, two years in a row in the NFC Championship game. Coach is everything. Coach uh, and I, some pieces around Aaron Rodgers. But man, what I don't really understand is why... Matt LaFleur, the Green Bay Packers head coach, is not in consideration for the NFL coach of the year. He should be. I, I, where would Green Bay be without Matt LaFleur? I know we give Aaron Rodgers all the praise, and deservedly so. But the coach played a part of that. I mean, he is the thing you added. And bam, 13-3, and two NFC Championship games in a row. I, I am so impressed with Matt LaFleur. And uh, next week, Packers play the Buccaneers. I believe the Buccaneers are going to win... Brady against Aaron Rodgers. I just, it's a, I don't even have a good like schematic. Here's why based on this or that. My belief is that I think Tom Brady's the kind of guy that is <laughs> the kind of guy. I sound so stupid saying that. I understand. But I, I, I think in the fourth quarter, when it matters most, Tom Brady pulls the best out of his teammates. He's going to win that matchup. Uh, if it's a tie game going into the fourth quarter, my money's on Tom Brady rather than Aaron Rodgers. And I. Uh, I think in a huge game, I think Tom Brady wins next weekend, and we'll see what happens. Uh, but I'm picking the Buccaneers to win next weekend. I'll do a more detailed prediction next, you know, in a couple days, uh, probably Thursday or Friday. That's tomorrow or Friday. And uh, you'll hear a, a better reason why I believe that. Or, hey, maybe I'll do some more research and go, I, I'm totally wrong. Here's what's, you know, this guy's missing, and this is going to happen. And based on what I saw last time, remember, the Buccaneers beat the crap out of the Packers last time they played. And Aaron Rodgers had his worst game of the year. And it felt like Aaron, borderline quit the game. He was like, he just was not into the game. He was upset. Um, and I, we never saw the moment where Aaron arched his back and brought his team back in and fought back into the game. He threw two interceptions early, kind of embarrassed about it. And you would think that Aaron would be looking for revenge. But I don't think that's, I don't think Tom Brady is phased by, Oh, we you know, we won last time. He's not gonna overlook Aaron Rodgers at all. I think it's gonna be a close, intense game that Tom Brady and the Buccaneers win in the end next weekend. I wanna read you some stuff that was said about Tom Brady this week. Devin White, the Buccaneers linebacker, said this and said, the Thing I love about Tom is he's always teaching. Teaching you how to be a great leader every single day, every single practice, he puts the team before himself. First few days, he's in the locker room, we're all like, we're the locker room of the greatest quarterback of all time. Like I want to talk to him. I want to get a picture with him, but then he's your teammate. You're here for a reason. A few weeks ago, I was kind of upset. I didn't make the pro bowl. He's like D it's a bigger bowl. I'm chasing. We're all chasing it. Come on. I just thought, man, it's a blessing to hear that. I needed to hear that things ab- that this thing's about us. He's still chasing these bowls in his forties. I'm just so grateful to be able to spend this time with him. So It sounds like Tom Brady's having a somewhat of a profound impact on his teammates. I've got more evidence of that. Bruce Arians, the Buccaneers head coach, said this. Bruce Arians said, New England didn't allow him to coach. I just allow him to coach. I just sit back sometimes and watch. He's talking about Tom Brady. So I, I think, man, not only is Tom Brady having pretty clearly a huge impact on the Buccaneers, they went from they were awful last year to... They're in the NFC Championship game this year. That's the difference between Jameis Winston and Tom Brady. But it's not just their ability on the field. It's the leadership quality Tom Brady brings to Tampa Bay. And I was actually concerned. My only concern with Tom Brady going to Tampa was that you have a more relaxed, laid-back coach in Bruce Arians. And what's funny is the reason I thought it might not work is actually the exact reason it sounds like it is working. You have a coach, Bruce Arians, who's like, hey, Tom. I trust you. Do your thing and it's allowed Tom Brady to kind of kind of evolve I would imagine as a leader and say the things he wished he could have said more of in New England and grown and lead and somewhat coach and I know that when I'm in a in a setting where the people around me my peers are more interested like if you have a a great example might be in a classroom where you have a bunch of kids in the class who are really into the material and are they're kind and they're good leaders and they motivate you they like if you have a group project, they bring you along because you're like, oh yeah, I'll oh, work oh, because I like I like Dave, I like Susie, I like I want to work with these people and I want to be involved. There's a different kind of leadership when you're working peer to peer than when it's a teacher who's strong-arming you, saying, hey, pay attention to the material, really talking down to you and trying to get you to focus up. And so, I, I think Tom is an amazing leader for. And that was, if you heard a squeak, that was my shoe on the on the metal. Um, I, I really walked away very impressed with, uh, not just what Tom Brady's doing, but the leadership. And it's pretty clear that we saw all these quotes and we saw much more. I'm not going to read them all come out after the Buccaneers got to the NFC championship. And that's pretty cool. I mean, it really does show that, um, that win, I think was a lot more about the team and them caring for Tom Brady. Like, yeah, see, I think it was very validating for the Buccaneers saying, look, we brought in the right guy. It got us here. Playoffs weren't enough. NFC Championship game, it's a big deal. Now they're fighting for a Super Bowl. They're two games away now. It's a one game away from getting to the Super Bowl. Two games, two wins away from winning a Super Bowl. And so uh, the Buccaneers, in my opinion, felt kind of validated going, hey, look, it worked. We're, we're in exactly the position we thought and needed to be. We thought we were going to be and thought we needed to be. And so um, I'm excited for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, before we go to break, Um, Philip Rivers has retired after 17 years in the NFL, by the way, he also wore number 17. It's kind of funny. Like number 17 played for 17 years. I like that little bit of fun stuff. Uh, I always really, really liked Philip Rivers. I think Philip is a guy who, man, he, there's no doubt Philip Rivers loved football and Oh my gosh. I, I, if you love football, you're way more compelling to me. It's more fun to root for you. Phillip Rivers is a guy who really really cared about football, wanted to win, was very emotional. Sadly, I think he will always be remembered for the fact that he did not win a Super Bowl. Remember he went 14 and 2 in 2006 with the Chargers. They had Daniel Tomlinson who won an NFL MVP. Then, you know, in that in that season, they're the best team in the NFL. Ooh, they're amazing. They lost in the divisional round to the Patriots, like bam, immediately out out of the playoffs. And um The Colts in 2020 were a team that was seven and nine. I thought they really underachieved. They're really great football team that did not reach the potential they should have. And I it's just disappointing. It's like, man, I I wish that Philip Rivers had, you know, I was always kind of hoping and I hate saying this, but like, oh, maybe if we get Philip Rivers out of San Diego and out of L.A. and out of the Chargers organization, maybe he'd do better. And what we saw was it was pretty much the exact same Philip Rivers we've always seen, in a different setting, in a different jersey. And I, I think I'm going to always remember Phillip Rivers for some of the emotional mistakes he made. Remember, he's a guy who's very fired up. He loves to talk smack. I like that he never actually cusses. He says, golly, like he never says, doesn't drop F-bombs or anything like that. But um, he will talk trash. He's very fired up. And not only does he make emotional mistakes, I thought a lot of his interceptions were throws that he knew he probably couldn't make that weren't open. But he wanted – he wished it would happen. He wanted it to happen, so he tried to throw them anyways rather than being disciplined and taking what the defense gave him. And, um, like, a lot of the time it was, like, on the goal line or in the end zone or third down where he's just forcing stuff into coverage. I feel like it happened a lot over the final couple of years for Phillip Rivers, and, and I didn't watch enough of his early years to know that. Um, and I will say that Super Bowl-winning quarterbacks, Drew Brees, think of Tom Brady – they have a calming energy in the huddle. I don't know that Philip Rivers ever did. I don't know if that played a part in why Philip Rivers never won a Super Bowl. It probably certainly did not hurt or did not help that he played for the Chargers organization for so long. But if you have a guy who's fired up and talking smack and yelling and and it le- that energy that that what is the word for anxiety kind of leaks out. I don't know that that works in the huddle in a big time moment. And that might be part of why Philip Rivers never won. In the playoffs, and if he never, he never, not only did he not win a Super Bowl, he never got to a Super Bowl, and that's sad. Um, but that's kind of the difference between Brady, Breeze and Rivers. Uh, now, I think he's a borderline Hall of Fame quarterback. I would actually put him in the Hall of Fame. I, we have Dan Fouts in the Hall of Fame. We we got to put Philip Rivers in if the bar is Dan Fouts. In my opinion, uh, he's fifth all time in yards passing. He's got six thousand, sorry, sixty three thousand four hundred forty yards. He's behind only. Tom Brady, Drew Brees, and Brett Favre. He's also number 5 in touchdowns, past, uh, passing touchdowns. he got 421. He's also number 5 in completions, 5,277 completions. Uh, the only people ahead of him in pretty much every all-time stat are Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Brett Favre, and Peyton Manning. All four are undoubtedly Hall of Famers. I think that matters. I think context like that does matter. Um, Rivers never won the big game. Just because you didn't win the big game doesn't mean you don't belong in the Hall of Fame. And I thought he had an amazing career. I salute to him. I, I really I really always enjoyed watching Philip Rivers. Whether you liked him or not, whether he won or not, he always made watching him a good time. And I, I, I'm a fan of football. He loved the game. He respected the game. He fought really hard. He made it enjoyable every time I got to watch him on T V. And uh for that, Philip Rivers, thank you so much. I appreciate you. And I, I had a great time watching Phil. So I hope he enjoys retirement. Him and his like 30,000 kids. He's got as many kids as passing touchdowns, I believe. Um, but I I really, I truly, it was a, I'm sad to see him go. I, I actually do believe Phillip Rivers could play more. I think there's just not a lot of demand for him in the NFL. There's so many young quarterbacks coming into the league. And I think probably the Colts wanted to go in another direction. It's just sad because Phillip had a great career and it was a really good time. I enjoyed it. And uh, I, if, if it's me, Philip Rivers gets my vote to enter the NFL Hall of Fame, in my opinion. All right, guys, I'm going to take a short break. When I return, we will talk about what's up next. Oh, a bunch of coaches were hired, and and one team still has not hired a coach. We'll have fun with that. My name is Zach Schaumler. Going to take a short break. I will be right back. All right, we are back. Hope you're doing very, very well. Let's talk about some of the coaches that were just hired In the NFL. The Falcons just hired Arthur Smith to be their next head coach. He's the former Tennessee Titans offensive coordinator. Uh, They also brought in Terry Fontenelle as a general manager from New Orleans. He was with the Saints for 17 years in their front office. Now, I want to talk about Arthur Smith. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the Arthur Smith hire. However, I will admit I'll give him a chance. I think he's just unproven. I don't I don't know how you can say he's going to fail or he's going to win. Like Nobody really knows how he's going to do. Um, you see some people are very confident in some coaches, and they do terrible. And some coaches have, you know, <laughs> nobody believes in them, and they, they succeed. So it's hard to know. Um, I am just very lukewarm. Arthur Smith reminds me a lot of Dirk Cutter, who used to be the Buccaneers head coach. He also, ironically, has been coaching in Atlanta, like, a lot over the years. And so... Uh, People love Arthur Smith because he's kind of given credit for the revival of Ryan Tannehill's career. Remember, Ryan Tannehill worked with Adam Gase in Miami. It never quite worked. Got traded to Tennessee. Hey, with a new coach, he did really well. So I tend to blame Ryan Tannehill's failures on Ryan Tannehill. And so, hey, at least we know Arthur Smith uh, is—sorry. I tend to blame Ryan Tannehill's failures on Adam Gase, the former coach who went from Miami to New York with the Jets and failed there, too. So Arthur Smith is given the credit. I, I just go ah. I don't really love it. I think he's okay. Um, you know, I really walked away. I think first, first of all, I think Arthur Smith is an upgrade uh, from Dan Quinn, the former Falcons head coach. So hey, good hire by them. They they upgraded, which is better than some teams do. Uh, now, Arthur Smith left a lot to be desired in Tennessee, in my opinion. I didn't really like him as an offensive coordinator. I thought there were things he needed to work on. Uh, my big takeaway from the Tennessee Titans season was that they needed to evolve their passing game, their scheme, their, their, their plan. Uh, I thought they needed to rely a little less on play action and learn how to use schemes that could allow them to drop back and not need to run the ball heavily to win throwing the football. Uh, their, run, their passing game relied so heavily on the running game. And I I understand you want them to to work together, but I just thought Arthur Smith left a lot to be desired, and I wanted to see him improve as an offensive coordinator. Now, here he is as a head coach. He could succeed. He could fail. No one really knows. I'm not going to make a hard—like, he's going to fail, but I'll tell you what, I don't feel good about it. I don't go, wow, what a great hire. Like, I I saw Robert Salah get hired to the Jets, and I went, that's a great hire. When I saw Arthur Smith get hired by the Falcons, I went, "Mm, okay. Good luck. Like I hope it works. I don't but I'm not I don't have a strong belief that's going to be the great hire. However, the one thing Arthur Smith does get in Atlanta is that ownership there is very very patient, which is good. I think every coach should be given enough time to really give their scheme an opportunity. Like give it time to, to learn and grow and work and so whether or not Arthur Smith does succeed, I believe he'll be given time and patience to make it work and that's definitely a benefit. Which makes the Atlanta job a lot better than other teams around the NFL, where if you don't make it immediately, you're going to get fired. And so we'll see what Arthur Smith does. I'm not super high on him, but um, I we'll see what happens. And I'll, I'm going to give him a chance. I got an open mind, and we'll see what he can do in Atlanta. Now um, the Chargers have hired Brandon Staley as their next head coach. Remember, he's the former Rams defensive coordinator. Now, number one, this guy can coach. He's a good defensive coordinator. He's kind of like a. Robert Sala Light, where, you know, you have like Ranch Light and Mayo Light, and he's Robert Sala Light. He's a, a a young, great defensive mind. He's got energy, and I don't think he's quite the leader Robert Sala is, but I really like Brandon Staley. Uh Now, Brandon Staley could be much worse. I, I think it's a solid hire. Here's my question, though. Who's going to coach Justin Herbert? Let me look at my phone real quick. Let me make sure that they haven't hired an offensive coordinator yet. My biggest question is who is going to be the offensive coordinator coaching Justin Herbert in LA Chargers' offensive coordinator. Who is it? Is it anybody? Do we know yet? Um, no, we don't know. We think it's going to be, uh, Shane Steichen who could be retained from the former head coach. That's good. If you can keep Shane Steichen, the guy who used to coach Justin Herbert, I think it's good. Keep the guy that's been working with Justin. Cause Justin Herbert made a lot of progression and, I, I just wouldn't fire the people that's been working with it. Justin's done good. Let him have the same the same exact scheme, the same system. If you can keep Shane Steichen, the former offensive coordinator in L.A., to stay there again, that's a great move because give Justin Herbert some continuity before you make everything. Don't make him have to learn a whole new system after having a great rookie year, probably winning the NFL Rookie of the Year. Um, so I don't know. I, I thought that. Brandon Staley, as long as they get the quarterback right, is a good hire. We don't really know. Like, I'm not going to say he's amazing because no one's ever seen him work as a head coach before. But people I know that know Brandon Staley love him. They talk very highly about him. I think he's going to work as a coach. They just got to figure out who's going to coach the quarterback, Justin Herbert. If they get that right, oh, th- this could be a great hire. Because I think I-, I know personally I was hoping for the Bills offensive coordinator, Brian Dable, or the Kansas City coordinator, Eric Bieniemy. I was disappointed that a offensive minded head coach wasn't hired to work with Justin Herbert. But I do know I believe that and most people believe that Brandon Staley is going to be a good head coach. The question is who works with the quarterback. If it's Shane Steichen again, the former offensive coordinator, that could work. I feel very good about that. And keep your eye on who the offensive coordinator is in L.A. for the Chargers. Who do they hire to work with Justin Herbert? Uh, Now. As of right now, the Philadelphia Eagles still do not have a head coach. And I told them when they fired Doug Peterson, I said, hmm, all right, good luck. And I said, we'll see who's better off in a couple years from now, right? Three years from now, who's going to win the breakup? So far, it looks like Doug Peterson is the favorite to win the breakup. He's going to take a year off of coaching. I believe he's still getting paid by Philadelphia. Um, And kind of interesting in Philadelphia, some of their top targets went to other teams. We saw... Robert Sala go to the Jets. We saw Arthur Smith go to the Falcons. We saw Brandon Staley go to the Chargers. Now they're like, dang it. Every coach we've been targeting is picking other locations to coach. And they've had, they talked to Joe Brady, the Carolina Panthers offensive coordinator. Remember, Joe Brady, I I think he's awesome. He's been a coordinator for one year. He's never even had a winning season as a coordinator. You're going to hire that guy to be head coach? Kind of weird to me. Uh, They've had... They interviewed Gerard Mayo, the Patriots linebacker coach. They interviewed Deuce Staley, who's a longtime assistant coach, a former running back in the NFL. Uh, I saw that after the Buccaneers beat the Saints, they went, "Oh, hey, what's up, uh, Todd uh, Todd Bowles?" Like, "Hey, you want to be our head coach?" Like, they they look desperate. They're interviewing as many people as they possibly can. Now, the favorite right now is Josh McDaniels. That's kind of the guy everyone's going, "Oh, it looks like they're going to hire Josh McDaniels." But I just I, I feel very concerned for what's happening in Philadelphia right now. Now, there's another name I heard. Um, Nick Sirianni, the Colts offensive coordinator, is in the mix. Um, Dennis Allen, the Saints defensive coordinator. My point is, it's really interesting. It just feels like Philadelphia is going, hey, what names can we throw out there? To try, They're trying to get any coach to hire that position. And they feel more and more desperate as time goes on. Keep your eye on Philadelphia. I don't know that they're going to end up in a better position than they were before they fired Doug Peterson. We'll, we'll see what happens, but it appears to me like nobody really wants that job. Now, Josh McDaniels, the Patriots offensive coordinator, might take the job. Uh, we'll see. I I don't know. I, I'm not confident they're going to get him either because why is it taking so long? So we'll see what happens. Uh, they still could get, I guess, Eric Bieniemy or Brian Dable, but um, just interesting what's going on. Philadelphia still does not have a coach, and they missed out on, I thought, Brandon Staley was the good coach. Robert Sala was an awesome coach. They really wanted Arthur, Arthur Smith. They didn't get him. So Philadelphia, good luck. Right, we'll see three years from now who's going to win the breakup, Doug Peterson or the Philadelphia Eagles. My money's on Doug Peterson, but, hey, time will tell. Uh, I want to end the show by talking about this. I 100% support Deshaun Watson in his kind of pursuit of trying to get out of Houston. Number one, if Jack Easterby is involved, then ten, then the Houston Texans are not going to work. They're not going to win games. They're not going to succeed. Uh, the things I've read about Jack Easterby are disturbing. He's the guy kind of running, making decisions in the front office. He hired the new general manager. And I don't want to get too much into it. I will say that at minimum, Jack Easterby is an example of the Peter principle, meaning that basically he got hired up until... He failed. Like He just got promoted too far up the ladder. But even if they get rid of Jack Easterby at this point, what I've read about Jack Easterby is very disturbing. Uh, But even if they get rid of that guy, Deshaun Watson still needs to get out of Houston because it's not just Easterby that is the problem. The problem is Cal McNair, the owner of the Houston Texans, the acting working owner of the Houston Texans. The real problem is Cal McNair. The symptom of that problem is Jack Easterby, I would imagine Deshaun Watson has good people in his ear talking to him, working with him that are smart, that can understand the game. And they're saying, hey, even if you get rid of Jack Easterby, you don't want to work for Cal McNair anymore. And I I stand, I 100% agree with that. I think if you can, I don't think anybody, I think right now, the worst franchise in football is the Houston Texans. I think they're worse than the Jets. The Jets are making moves. I like what they've done. They got a good GM, got a good head coach. Right now, the one place you want to avoid around the entire NFL is Houston. Nobody should go there. Nobody should want to go there. And you got to just sell the team. I I think honestly, like until Cal McNair sells the Houston Texans, they're not going to solve their problems. And I, things could change. He could fire Easterby. He could lose Deshaun Watson. He could grow from all that and learn from that. We've seen, I thought that the Jets have made good decisions. Bad ownership can grow. Cleveland was terrible for years, and I would tell people, don't go to Cleveland. Well, hey, Cleveland has turned things around, and now the Jets look like they're turning things around. Like I, I really am impressed with some of the moves these bad teams have been making recently. We could see there's a, a, a situation in the future where three years from now, Houston is no longer the terrible place to go, but right now, avoid Houston at all cost. and uh, I, I totally 100% support Deshaun Watson trying to get out. I hope he does. I think it's the number one story of the NFL offseason where will Deshaun Watson go? No one knows. I can't wait to find out. And it's going to be an amazing, amazing off season as uh, time goes down the road. Guys, my name is Zach Schombler. I'm having throat issues today. I've been having throat issues all week. I'm doing the best I can. I uh, <clears throat> You might have picked up on it. and uh, I'll see you guys down the road. I'm going to hopefully record tomorrow. I've got a fun topic about Aaron Rodgers I'm working on. I've got a – we'll do NFL predictions for the – Championship weekend, good stuff is ahead. I just trying to get my throat right. Been drinking throat coat tea a ton. I don't think I really, I don't think it's coronavirus or anything. I think I just got like a, some kind of throat thing. I'm doing the best I can. Love you. I appreciate you. bum Bam, we are done.